1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard James Tavernier prepares to lead Rangers out against Villarreal by signing a new contract His familiar European opposition for Celtic as Rosenborg get ready to return to Glasgow And former Scottish FA President George Peets says a club chairman asked him not to help Rangers When they had a fixture backlog 10 years ago I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me on tonight's show is Gordon DL and Roger Hanna yeah, good news for Celtic fans last week Lee Griffiths extending his stay Good news for Rangers supporters tonight The captain James Tavernier Signing a new contract Rangers rejected interest from West Bromwich Albion For the player before the transfer window shut At the end of last month um, Stephen Gerrard likes him He plays every week He got the armband from Lee Wallace in the summer And he's a crucial player going forward for Rangers Very few full max, Gordon Score 30 goals in 150 odd games As Tavernier's done Big player Good news ahead of the trip to Villanelle. Yeah, good signing. Um, I think it was important for Rangers to tie him up. As Roger touched on, the Rangers manager trusts him, likes him so well that he made him the captain of the club. And he's responded to that. Um, his game's been really, really good down that right-hand side. I know he's come in for a bit of criticism now and again for his defending, but he certainly makes up for it going forward. Some of the, the quality... If the wide areas from him is terrific, Gordon. And you obviously see set plays, and the minute Rangers got a penalty, you'd really put your money on him for him to stick it in the back of it. On any of tonight's topics, the number you need is 0141 951 1025. The Champions League group stages start tonight. We are not invited, or we were, but we couldn't make it uh, as a nation to that stage. So we'll have to settle for a trip down memory lane with the Champions League starting tonight. I suppose this only really applies to Celtic and Rangers fans. Give us your favourite Champions League memories. Roger, what would stand out from a Scottish football perspective? Oh... I'm a bit older than you, Gordon. I remember the very, very first season, the qualifiers, the Battle of Britain, Leeds United against mm-hmm. Rangers to get into those first ever groups and it all seemed new and shiny and exciting and you would never believe back then, 92, 93, how the Champions League would have grown and evolved to the extent that 25 years and more later They're now trying to close us out There's not, there are Almost people in Europe Who want it to be a closed shop One, four or five teams From four or five big nations in it It can't be allowed to happen Gordon there, there needs to be that carrot For the champions of Scotland And maybe one day The second place team in Scotland too To, to get back into those group stages I know you're a fan of the Champions League Gordon mm. That has cast up some big nights Some memorable nights For our Scottish clubs We're watching from the outside This season though yeah, disappointing, Gordon, but um, we've just got to take it in the chin. I think Roger touched on the one, yeah, I'm a wee bit older than Roger. The the Battle of Britain, I can remember that, was fantastic. you got to go back to a lot of good nights with atmosphere at Celtic Park. Um, none better than the Barcelona with Tony Watt. Uh, that night as well for Celtic fans, incredible. So we've had some great moments and great games. Uh, unfortunately, it's the Europa League this season. That's just one to keep us ticking along in the background then. Champions League memories, since we are uh, not involved in the group stages this year. They start tonight. But uh, James Tavernier, give us your thoughts. 0141 951 1025. He signed a new contract, t- keeping him tied at Rangers until 2022. Uh, Roger Hanna mentioned the start already over 150 appearances, 30 goals so far. So, Rangers fans, it's quite simple. How do you feel about the news that James Tavernier has signed a new contract? 
Uh, Roger, I think it was not can't possibly be seen as a surprise how uh, highly Stephen Gerrard thinks of him. The captain's armband sort of speaks for itself in that regard, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think everybody's a winner. Let, let's be honest here. James Tavernier will have had a pay rise out of this, um, but from Rangers' point of view, they've now secured them for another four years and secured a player who is coveted down south and it means if West Brom come back in January if anyone else comes in for James Tavernier an English Premier League or Championship club then Rangers would be able to dictate the terms that you know it's Rangers have strengthened their position with a view to James Tavernier's future and James Tavernier has probably got a bump up on the contract he signed when he first came to Rangers under Mark Warburton is it just the nature of the modern attacking fullback, Gordon? We will probably never hear the end of, of criticism for sometimes what happens going back the way mm-hmm. for James Tavernier, but clearly those at Ibrooks and most of the fans are more interested in what he can do. Well, especially this season, Gordon, at Ibrooks, they get most of the ball. Um, I know it's early into the season, but they've got a lot of the ball. And they like their fullbacks to get forward into attacking positions. I think he works brilliantly with Candace down the, the right hand side. Uh, I was really impressed with him at the weekend. I thought he was terrific. His work rate, his quality ball. I think they've got a good partnership there too down the right. Yes, it's a modern day fullback. There's a lot of fullbacks come in for a lot of criticism with their defending, but you're hoping that nowadays with the systems that teams play, they play. Two sitting midfield players most times to help the two centre backs and they allow the the attacking full backs to go forward and get the quality. And for a full back to score 30 goals, it's a fantastic return. And, and, and dead ball situations, he's, he's a striker's dream. He, he puts some fantastic balls in there. And I've touched on there, penalty kicks. He always seems confident he's got to put the ball in the back of net. Come on, Rangers fans, then. What do you make of James Tavernier's new contract? 0141 951 You can tweet us at Clyde SSB. We're, of course, also asking for your Champions League memories. Um, is there a bigger picture here, Roger, as well, in the sense that there's been a huge turnover of, of players at Rangers? It's clearly been a fairly uncertain time in recent seasons. Managers have come and gone. They are hoping that this is a, the start of a, a period of stability and getting your best players tied down is obviously a key part of that. Yeah, yeah. And, and listen, that's going to be the way forward. Stephen Gerrard's now been in for three, three and a half months. He will have assessed everyone at the football club. Um, many have been shipped out. I know a lot, a lot of the focus, Gordon, inevitably, is on the players who come into the football club. But an awful lot of players... Have left Ibrox and Stephen Gerrard and Gary McAllister came in um, James Tavernier is not one of them um, They rate him very highly They've given him the captain's armband And now they've given him the contract and the pay rise That reflects his importance within the squad And Gordon, people always uh, will accuse us of trying to sell the player on mm. or whatever. That's not what this is about But this, you know, this is football, it's about protecting your assets And it does mean that if Rangers do decide at some point they feel it's appropriate to cash in in James Tavernier Then you're looking after that side of things as well Well you've got to, that's your big asset You've got to be in control of that Gordon You can't just let the let the time uh, you know, go away And then all of a sudden before you know it There's six months left of the contract And there's a problem And you're sitting down Get the business done right now They, they obviously fancy him as a player They want him there He's an important player uh, moving forward for them They've tied him down to 2022 they're in total control of any bids that'll come in for them. And the way the lad's playing, 
There will be bids from England that will come in for him If he keeps playing the way he's playing mm-hmm. Of course he will But the good thing about this is We're not selling them Rangers are in total control of it So it would need a, a bid that Rangers thought We can't refuse that But I think everybody's hoping that he'll be there for a long time Right, if you need the number to get in touch on James Tavernier It's 01419511025 Give us a call right now Let's turn our attentions a bit And look at this as a bigger picture With regards to Rangers playing Villarreal um, on Thursday night to return to the Europa League group stages of course um, Let's hear from one of the men who started the last time Rangers visited the El Madrigal Ian Murray This could have been a, a teaser question really couldn't it I could have asked you two to name the starting 11 Luckily Ooh, I'm not going to do now. that tonight But uh, Ian Murray, one of the players who plays We've been catching up with him today He says he still rues the small margins that saw them miss out on a place In the Champions League quarter-finals Remember that late Chris Boyd miss, Roger? Yes I do I was there that night Covering the game mm-hmm. Peter Lovenkranz Had put Rangers ahead They were ahead at half time um, It was a left back With a very long name From Villarreal Who equalised Just after <laughs> half time Alan McLeish threw on Chris Boyd In search of a winner He'd only been at the club I think two months At that stage Half a chance Just put it The wrong side of the post Well It was a late Chris Boyd misses Roger says Rangers went out On away goals The last time they met Villarreal But Ian Murray reckons Stephen Gerrard's side Should go into Thursday's tie With no fear it was a really big range of support over for the game. You know, we, we took a lot of fans over. Very tight pitch, tight stadium, tight streets around the Real. Close we got to the stadium, the fans were there, and as I say, in plenty of numbers, and made it a really a real shot in the arm to us before we we stepped into the stadium because we've seen how many fans were over supporting us. We managed to get the ball down and you know knock it about fairly well, get that opening goal, you know, to give us that chance. And you know, we, we grew in confidence as the game went on, and of course, they equalised to, to take it one-one. And then we miss a great chance in the in the last couple of minutes with a big boy day. When you get to that stage of a tournament, fine lines, if you like, are, are so marginal. So you always think, what if? You know, that's you know maybe pie in the sky, but it, it shows you how well we'd done that season and how close we'd ran a, a very good side. You know, they've got nothing to fear going over there. Villarreal haven't had a great start to their league campaign. Saying that, Rangers up until Saturday against Dundee hadn't had a fantastic start themselves, but they certainly in Europe this season have shown they can go to hard places and, and get results. And but I certainly think Rangers will go there with. The belief that they can do something um, you know it'd be nice to see them go there and, and, and put in a good performance first and foremost and then with that comes a good result 0141-951-1025 to get involved Ben and Carntine's on the line hi Ben hiya what are your thoughts on James Tavernier signing a new deal then Ben uh, I, think, I think it's a good thing I think Tavernier's a like, great player but um, I feel as if he makes a bit too much mistakes sometimes um, you look in the, the Motherwell game I think he was costly for Two goals. I think it might have been three, but I know it was definitely two. So I, I think I think he's a great player, but I think in that area um, he needs to work better, um, improving his man marking and such. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Ben. Um, but you look at the other side of his his play going forward, and that's what Rangers want to do this season under Stephen Gerrard. They want to be in the front foot. Uh, they come out the blocks on Saturday against Dundee and the game is finished by half-time and Tavernier obviously scored a penalty kick. Um, yeah, it's, it's what we call a modern-day full-back. There's not many that's got everything in their locker that can do the defending side of it and the attacking side of it. You've got to say his attacking side is brilliant. His defending side, yeah, sometimes sometimes it's he, he needs to really go and work on it because he has at fault a few goals, even... Um, I commented on the last game at Easter Road, the five-five one, when Jimmy Nicol, uh, five-five, I, I did say that five each, when Jimmy Nicol was in charge, and I think it was the last goal. He, uh, 
the forward went by him like he wasn't even there. His body position, everything was poor, but he's getting better. Uh, but as I say, his strengths are definitely going forward. And a lot of people will think, put him up one. I don't think he can play there. I think he's like the typical fullback that likes to see the the full the big picture. He likes to see the full length of the pitch, timing his runs, getting his ball, getting qual. He can put the ball in quality for all different angles. The old days was managers used to say, get to the byline. He doesn't need to do that now. You know, further back, he just whips great balls in and it causes all all uh, such uh, uh, problems for defenders and uh, they can't deal with it. But uh, no, I think it's a, a terrific piece of business and I'm sure that he will be working on his defenders defensive side as well Roger I, I mean that's not really a secret is it we've had how many calls on this programme talking about the, the two sides to James Tavernier if you like as we suggested earlier some, and I'm not saying you just abandon it and say well you know X player can't defend that that's just the way it is but you do tend to take the rough with the smooth when it comes to modern day fullbacks well, even at the top level yeah and, and the key to this is Stephen Gerrard is you know willing to take the rough with the smooth when it comes to James Tavernier Ben's right Motherwell game was probably a case in point But you could have half a dozen examples of it He's not the world's best right back But if he was the world's best right back He wouldn't be at Rangers um, Defensively, he's suspect Going forward, he's very good So Stephen Gerrard will have looked at this When he came into the club uh, He'll know the pros, he'll know the cons And he's willing to embrace James Tavernier For everything that he brings to the club And the knowledge that he might be responsible for a goal at the other end now and again uh, Ben, when he was made captain in the summer I know that wasn't a unanimously popular decision But how do you feel he's settling into that role? Um, I feel like there's not really anybody else you could put up towards that role Apart from obviously Lee Wallace But he's not been getting game time because of injuries and such And whatnot. obviously what's going on in the background of him Obviously nobody knows But I think, I think nobody else would set, um, suit that role Other than Tavernier that's maybe something that's still to come through in, in time, Gordon, as, as to how his leadership qualities mm. have developed Because it was something, again, on the phones, we used to hear it all the time last season about Rangers No leaders, no leaders, no leaders I, I wonder how he's he's um, developing see, see, in that see, respect I, I disagree in, uh, with Ben a little bit there that there's no one else I think there are um, candidates there You can look at, for instance, the goalkeeper McGregor could be the captain Goldson, who's the centre half, uh, brought in for three point odd million Arfield, very experienced player in the middle of the park But it just goes to show The belief that Steven Gerrard Has in Tavernier for his qualities On Twitter at Clyde SSB Ped is happy He says best fullback in Scotland Fact And an exclamation mark The fact is in capitals as well mm. So you need, you've got to take that serious um, But Billy's on Who's also a Rangers fan And he said pre-2012 He wouldn't have got a game for Rangers He's average But that's where we are 0141-951-1025 on the phones Jamie's in Bishop Briggs Hi Jamie your thoughts, Jimmy? Um, um, I'm um, absolutely delighted that um, Tavernal will be staying at Rangers. What is it that delights you about him? What, what pleases you the most about his recent performances? That, um, um, he's been um, playing um, absolutely brilliant in, 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 in the last couple of games. I think Saturday... As Gordon mentioned, Roger, you're, you, I mean, you're not going to sign a player purely because he's good at taking penalties, but but he is. <laughs> he, but he is. He, it's, it's another <laughs> added bonus, if you like. He, he seems to be fairly deadly from twelve yards. Yeah, he's a, uh, Rangers. It's a good thing to have, isn't it? Rangers Graham Alexander to have one of your full-time <laughs> teaser answers from the other night, Gordon. And listen, it's handy. He scores three kicks. He scores um, penalty kicks. 
Some people who come on the phone and argue that his priority as a right back should be to stop the ball going into his own net rather than putting it into the opposition's net. But as we've said, and we've probably said it for a moment, James Tavernier came to the football club. Defensively, he's not that solid. But clearly, managers, and Stephen Gerrard's the manager at the minute, are willing to take him on in the knowledge that he's not, you know, he's not great at the back because of what he gives the team going forward. Daz is right. Partnership with Candias has worked. His deliveries, you know, we speak about 30 goals in 150-odd games. How many assists must James Tavernier have had in those 150-odd mm. games as well? So, a valuable player, and it's a good bit of business for Rangers to get him tied down for another four years. Robert Coates is on Twitter. He says, Rangers fan here, over the moon with Tav signing a new contract. Love to see how he would play at right mid, to see how he would be with cover behind him. What about the bigger picture um, in terms of this game against Villarreal? We, we heard from Ian Murray there talking about the, the previous Time that Rangers went there and visited How's this one shaping up this week Roger? Um, I think Rangers might have liked it last week Because Villarreal were second bottom of the league Going into their domestic fixture at the weekend They were without a win They were without a great deal of confidence either But they've gone and won at Leganes at the weekend They've got a couple of players back They look slightly sharper than they did a week ago um, It's maybe not the best time to get them Particularly when there's no Alfredo Morelos a um, couple of injury doubts as well for Rangers who travel out tomorrow morning. It'll be interesting to see the lineup. I think that's why Kyle Lafferty didn't start the game at the weekend. I think he will lead the attack in the absence of the, the suspended Morelos. Um, it's a big ask. I think if you offered Stephen Gerrard a point on match day one, he would probably take it. I think they'll go very confident, Roger. I really do. I think that I know Dundee. Dundee are a mess just now. They're all over the place. Not even got a point. Um, and. You can only beat what's in front of you But I, I thought Rangers looked very sharp At the weekend They've got good pace in the flanks Arfield I thought was terrific in the middle of the park They won 4-0 It could have been a lot, lot more um, So I think they're going a lot uh, Over there with a lot of confidence And I think they're strong in the middle of the park as well Gordon So they'll, they'll be they'll be hard to break down Plus the fact on the counter you know, if Kent plays in the wide area, good pace about him. Candias, I thought, was terrific. Good pace as well with Tafanir down the right. I certainly think they'll create chances. Mm. Morelos may be a miss, but that's why Lafferty was signed. You saw them on Saturday. Just a one change for Thursday night, Lafferty for Morelos? Yes. 0141-951-1025. Rangers, it's not only a big week for Rangers. Celtic up against Rosenborg. We're going to be speaking to our Norwegian football expert. It's not Gordon DL. Nope. I think I've used that joke before on the show But it's, it's worth repeating It's not Gordon <laughs> DL And uh, we'll get to that after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years Gordon DL and Roger Hanna Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We're building up to big nights for Rangers and Celtic In the Europa League And since the Champions League group stages started Tonight And we are not there I was asking you For your Champions League Memories Craig Logan says Best Champions League memory Rangers v Marseille At Ibrox 2-0 down To draw 2 all Against a world class team uh, With players like Papan okay, Take it you remember that one Both of you Papan That's What right a player What a striker Who scored the Rangers goals <coughs> Rangers players <laughs> Mark Aitley and Not McCoy's Gary McSwiggan Oh, I was on the teaser last week. I think you'll find. Soccer zine is on. Personal favourite of mine, Celtic uh, Nakamura's free kick against Man United. It's a, it's a, a standout one as well. And Ants Boy, you probably shouldn't admit this, Ants. He says, I was a steward at Celtic Park, celebrated with the fans when Naka hit the free kick. 
And I was also watching on the touchline when Saha missed the penalty Getting paid to see my team As I did no work at all and That's uh, Ant's future career as a gone. steward Gone He's exposed himself Right 0141-951-1025 Let's build up to a couple of big games During the week We've already looked at Rangers trip to Villarreal Let's turn our attentions to Celtic Against familiar European opposition in Rosenborg Now I'm pleased to say we're joined on the line by Ben Wells He's a Norwegian analyst for Football Radar Knows his stuff about Rosenborg Thanks for joining us Ben Hi mate, how are you doing? Good thank you Now there is a bit of a familiarity about this Ben Celtic and Rosenborg have met a couple of times in, in recent seasons yeah. What's changed since they met earlier this campaign? Well, um, obviously it wasn't too long ago they last met But um, a couple of new signings come in But otherwise it's been pretty pretty similar to be honest, as it was before um, Yeah, Rosenborg's still up there, top of the table But yeah, not, not being very convincing recently Having said that, I think the results certainly show that they, you know, got over the Celtic defeat pretty quickly, unbeaten since then. Yeah, um, interim manager's done, done well. Um, he seems to have got, got his club playing some nice football. Um, as I said, a couple of new signs have come in and improved the team. And yeah, they, they look good, but without really sort of going to that next level, I think. Yeah, our listeners may remember there was a bit of managerial uncertainty when they met in the qualifiers earlier on. Is that sort of settled down now? I remember the players weren't particularly pleased at the manager uh, getting sacked, but I take it that situation's all calmed down? Yeah, I think at the time, the manager who left previously was very well liked, so a lot of the players kicked off about that. But the interim coach has come in, he's, um, he's resettled the team down, he's gotten players from nice football, so I think yeah, the issues that were there before that's what they've, they've subsided now, yeah. Uh, Roger, Hannah, let me bring you in on this. It's not, it's not too often you, you know you meet European teams twice no, in, in a, one season. It's, it's an early or four strange, times, is yeah, it? It's an early strange setup. You know, Celtic will now play Rosenberg more times this season than they'll play half the teams in the in the Premiership. I was going to ask Ben. It was a big win for Rosenberg at the weekend against Ronnie Dyla's Valarenga team. How how did they perform at the weekend? It, you know, have they got confidence coming into this trip to Glasgow? Yeah, so it was an interesting game actually. Valarenga played really well. Obviously managed, as you said, by Lonnie Dyler. Um, yeah, Valarenga dominated the game completely. Um, they probably should have won. Rosenborg managed to get 2-2. And then last minute, uh, absolutely beautiful goal from then venue forward, Islam Jabali. Um, volleys it in from a corner into a far post. So I think if they'd drawn that game, they'd be going to this game a lot less confident. But that last minute goal has given them quite a big boost, I'd say. And what's he added to the team since he's come in? He obviously wasn't involved in the Champions League qualifying tie. Yeah. What, what does he bring to the forward line? Uh, a lot more flair. Um, Rosenborg sort of famously played 4 3 3, um, two sort of inside forwards that wide. Um, and yeah, usually they, there's not been a lot of pace that wide recently, not been a lot of trickery, and he sort of added both those dimensions to the team. Um, I think he's scored four league goals now. Looks a real deal um, after signing from a Swedish side. So yeah, he's, de- he's definitely improved the team. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he does against a lot better opposition in Celtic. And we've seen again in the last 10 days or so more problems off the field for Nicholas Bentner. Do you expect him to travel with the Rosenberg squad for this game? Uh, I think it depends. He's, he's been injured the last two matches. Um, so a lot depends how he's recovered from that. I don't think he's expected to travel. Um, but I think a lot could happen in the next 24 hours. I'm not too sure about that. Um yeah, they stood, they stood by him since his, uh, his, his cab incident. Speaking of another cabbie, it sounds like. Um, so, it's, yeah, they'll stick by him through that. But whether he's fit or not is another matter. 
You, do, you mentioned some of the new attacking options, Ben. I remember over previous ties, the skipper Mike Jensen being one of the guys who sort of stands yeah. out. Is, is he still very much an integral part of that team? Yeah, very much so. He's um, he's been playing a lot higher up the field under the new manager, almost as like a secondary striker. I don't know if you remember in the, the first leg against Celtic, he did. He essentially played just like Bentner as mm-hmm. a secondary forward when usually he's more of like a, a playmaker from deep. Um, yeah, a very important player for the side. Rosenborgs do have quite a strong midfield, I'd say. So that's probably an area they'd be looking to try and control the game from. And just, just finally, before we let you go, Ben, what's the what's the perception from those inside Norwegian football? Then, I mean, Celtic have obviously beaten Rosenborg in, in qualifiers twice recently. Is yeah. there an acknowledgement there that Celtic are clear favourites, or is there a belief that Rosenborg may well get one over on them this time? Yeah, it's interesting. I think. I think Rosenborg got a lot to prove after the two the two matches so previously. I think after that early goal, they probably thought they could maybe get a result, um, but never really sort of pushed on from there. I think Celtic are clearly the stronger side and should be clear favourites in this game. At the same time, I do I think Rosenborg will fancy their chances, maybe maybe missing a draw. Um, I think a win's possibly out of question, but yeah, they definitely they definitely be up for at least trying trying for a draw. Great stuff, thank you to Ben Wells A Norwegian analyst for the Football Radar Giving us the lowdown um, on what Celtic can expect Against Rosenborg um, But I guess the Celtic fans Partly already know what to expect Gordon Because uh, they had the, the experience of playing Rosenborg Not too long ago Yeah they'll know they're in for a difficult game They were going through a little bit of a, a Turmoil at the time with the manager And you know the new coach coming in The players went that that happy about the decision But it's all settled down now And you've heard there They're a lot better Better organised uh, But you must fancy Celtic Celtic Park Terrific atmosphere And Thursday night Home advantage I just think Celtic will be up for it They'll be confident Because they've beaten them before And uh, I think they'll get a victory I think it'll be a difficult game But I think they'll get a victory and I think they'll have too much fun On paper does it looks like the, the easiest of the six group games for Celtic So I think they might need a victory mm-hmm. Just to, to give them a little head start And you know, maybe hope that the two Red Bull teams split the points in their game Try and get to the top of the group Because the fixtures that come after mm-hmm. Rosenberg They do look tougher for Celtic So one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's talk Celtic against Rosenborg John's in Bells Hill, hi John Hey yeah, how you doing guys? Not too bad hi, John. John, what's your point tonight? Yeah, boy, I was just a wee bit disappointed, you know, watching these, as a Celtic season ticket holder, just watching these uh, group stages, these games on tonight for the Champions League, uh, just disappointing that we're not there this season. I know the qualifying rounds was, was kind of difficult. Uh, AK Athens, I thought we could have done a wee bit better against them at home, uh, and then losing a, a goal early on uh, over there, didn't they? Did didn't really help us as well. I just one of my main points is, is I'm a bit disappointed with Celtic this season just for the signings and stuff like that that they've made. Uh, maybe a lot of my I'm hoping a lot of my Celtic uh, fellow supporters will agree with. But you know I just don't think that we've done enough, and I think it showed uh, on Friday uh, last Friday against St Mirren. I mean, no disrespect to St Mirren, but you know people talk about this gap and things like that. You know uh, between Celtic and Rangers and whatever but every game I've been to this season I've been a wee bit disappointed with it, apart from the 1-0 against Rangers uh, you know to be honest and I just think that this is going to be a long hard season for us Yeah I think I think they needed uh, 
I need they, they needed the Rangers game. Uh, they really stepped their, their their game up. The pace of it, everything, their movement was far too good for Rangers, um, and they won it and they won it comfortably. Uh, but you look at them on Friday night. They go to St. Mirren. Everybody's expecting yes, St. Mirren brought a new manager in. You get reactions, but with the squad of players that Celtic got and the talent they've got on that pitch on Friday night, no disrespect to St. Mirren, they should be winning that game. But their tempo was very, very slow for some reason that you don't see all the time. They look like they need a wee, a wee jag somewhere this season just to get them going again, get them motoring. Because if you look at their strongest eleven, they're certainly the best side in Scottish football. It's strange that you touched upon it. I think it was maybe in Saturday's show. If St Mirren had been wearing Rangers jerseys, Celtic would have won the game. Oh, don't you start. That's his favourite line of the season. I think he's going to get it tattooed on himself. But, but listen, theoretically, the Rangers game should be the toughest one for Celtic. Realistically, that's the one they've looked the most comfortable mm-hmm. in. That's nothing to do with Rangers. It's to do with the 11 Celtic players in the park because they raised their game and played to their full capacity. Haven't done that in other games. They didn't do it at St mm-hmm. Mirren on Friday night. Um, they'll need to do it against Rosenberg because if you listen to Ben there, they've improved since the team's last met. And then on Sunday, lunchtime at Rugby Park, they'll definitely need to be at their best against a decent Kilmarnock side who beat them at Rugby Park the last time. Sometimes football just doesn't surprise you. The first goal of this season's Champions League, anyone, has been scored? Barcelona? Yes. Lionel Messi? Yes, there you are. Lionel Messi. He's quite good, him. I think you'll Mm. find. Uh, A free kick for Barcelona, the first goal of this season's Champions League. It's still Inter nil, Tottenham nil. I remember we were asking you for your favourite Champions League memories uh, since we are watching from the outside this season, let us know what was the high point during your team's involvement. And you come again, John. Yeah, so sorry, just to just to pick you up on that one. I think uh, you, you, you're totally right. I think that Celtic will need to be on the on the ball uh, on Thursday against Rosenberg because I've seen them the last time, and I think that it was a, it was quite a it was quite a good game. Unfortunately, I think the Europa League is at our level now with the players that we have got, and that, my, I'm, I'm a a bit of a shame to say that but uh, you know I, I think that's that's your level but sorry just before I go the best uh, well one of, every game at Celtic Park in the Europe in the Champions League is a great game but one of the best ones for myself was against Juventus 2001 Celtic won 4-3 so it was uh, what a game that was <laughs> yeah Roger that, that, that's, that one of, that's one of the classics isn't it was that, 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 that. An, an incredible yeah, that one, an incre- No actually it wasn't I had been in the game In Turin The 3-2 game uh, When Juventus scored A very um, Shall we say Dodgy <laughs> penalty Near the end I think it was uh, Nicola Amoruso Went down yeah. For the penalty I'd been at that game I wasn't at the game At Celtic but, but listen We could go through The entire show with, with great Champions League memories And as the first caller Ben said it, It's just a, such a shame That Scotland Isn't represented I have to say though Come Thursday When it's Daz and Mark And yourself in the show I think Europa League fever Will have kicked in Because for the first time ever Both the big Glasgow clubs mm-hmm. Are together In the group stages And You know Each week Six o'clock Eight o'clock I think it'll be absolutely terrific It doesn't have Quite the glamour Of Lionel Messi And Cristiano Ronaldo And all the Champions League but I think once it gets going It will uh, it will transfix it John final question to you then As a team that's been in the Champions League The last couple of seasons And you're obviously very disappointed To not be there this time Does that mean that you're Very much targeting Progression from this Europa League group? John? 
I think John's gone. John and Bill Sill has left us. I'll just ask you two then. Is it? I mean, Roger, such as the strength in, in some of the finance in Europe is still clearly going to be difficult. Rosenborg are not going to be easy. I know Celtic have got past them twice. You look at the other two teams in the group, so it's not going to be easy. But is is that the is that the, the well, feeling you get if, from from if, the Celtic if, fans? If, that you if you don't think you can get through the group, don't bother going into the group. God. Um, Brendan Rodgers was saying on, on Celtic TV last night Don't expect us to, to win it I don't think anybody does expect them to win it But I think a lot of Celtic fans Realistically would expect them to go through uh, You know it's it's Leipzig It's not Bayern Munich uh, and, you know, In the group So good teams, quality teams Everyone knows what Celtic Park can be like In the European nights Celtic have a chance mm. of getting through And likewise Rangers You know, We don't know much Spartak Moscow don't look as strong as they were Villarreal don't look as strong as they were We don't know too much about Rapid Vienna But there'll be Rangers fans phoning the show in the next two or three nights Who will expect mm -hmm. Rangers to mount a fight to get out of the group? 0141 We're going to talk about former Scottish FA President George Peat After the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results every week Talk to Thompson's.com Roger Hanna and Gordon DL Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard uh, I've been asking you for your favourite Champions League memories Since the group stages get underway tonight Robert Coates is on Twitter He says Peter Lovenkrantz goal Against Villarreal at Ibrox What a night And what a goal I remember that one well uh, There's a few more coming in On this mix Says the best Champions League team goals Celtic v Leon 40 plus passes Liam Miller with the goal See it on YouTube He says you, yep. you remember that one? And it, listen, it was one of Celtic's best wins as well I think Chris Sutton scored the other goal A 2-0 win at Celtic Park the, the, thing that, the thing that did for Celtic in those days Was the away form Because they should have won in the Stadier Land Against a, a top Leon side And lost 3-2 They were ahead against Bayern Munich In that same section In the old Olympic Stadium And lost 2-1 I think Roy Mackay Maybe got a couple of goals mm -hmm. at the end And it was, that was really a season of what ifs For Celtic in the group stage under Martin O'Neill And Joan McBride is quite right She says just to remember A Scottish team is still in the Champions League Glasgow City going to the second leg Of their last 32 game A week on Thursday 2-0 up from last week's away leg Indeed they do mm -hmm. Good luck to all involved at Glasgow City When that one rolls around Right what about this story uh, Roger Hanna uh, Former Scottish FA President George Peat uh, Has come out and said that a club chairman an unnamed club chairman We should say uh, Urged him not to help Rangers In any way Amid a fixture backlog This is in 2008 Ten years ago When Rangers got to The UEFA Cup final Now this is an interview With the BBC um, Where this has come around He says The prominent club asked me to And I refused what, what do you make of this? It's got a lot of people talking Yeah it has um, I think it's got a lot of people talking Because there's always the Why now factor Why now has George Pete Seven years after he left Hamden you know, revealed this um, At a the time there were a lot of talks going on Lex Gold and the old SPL were in charge of league scheduling George Pete and the SFA were in charge of scheduling the Scottish Cup final Rangers were looking at one stage for four trophies They'd already won the League Cup They were in that Scottish Cup final against Queen of the South They were in the UEFA Cup final against Zenit St Petersburg and Manchester and, and because of all the games they had to play they had a backlog of league fixtures as well They were keen on the season being extended It actually was extended by a few days If you remember It was, it was extended a Thursday to night the, wasn't it To the Thursday night Celtic ended up winning the league 
beating DNA to it. Tanadice, I think. Was mm. it Venegur of Hesseling yeah. scored the goal that won the so. league? Rangers because lost I, I remember Mark Audrey. Wilson in the studio referring to it as Helicopter yes, Thursday. I, I was on that show with Alan. I, I, I think I like they only stopped laughing about an hour ago at that line. Um, but, you know, they did extend the league. Nothing to do with George Pete. That was to do with Legs Gold and the SPL took the decision. George Pete didn't move the cup final. But now he's revealing that, you know, he also rejected this. Telephone call Plea if you like From an unnamed club chairman Not to help Rangers um, It's all interesting It all adds to the conspiracies That underpin so much of Scottish football Are we taking guesses on who this club chairman was? Well I can't imagine it was the Rangers chairman of the day So we've narrowed it down to another 41 Yeah the Montrose chairman Probably the real real, real issue with it uh, Gordon what, what do you make mm. of it? I know you, you, you came into the studio Talking about it earlier on I find it, like Roger, I find it very strange that um, George Pete has come out now. And well, I mean, he was just doing an interview with the know, BBC but, and was asked the question, wasn't he? He's probably done a lot of interviews, Gordon. Um, and why did they not come up with it then? Why did they not come out with it at the time? And also, I'm with Roger, I don't think we'll ever know who the, the chairman was. But it just shows you that things were going on behind the scenes uh, in Scottish football at that time, which I don't think are right. Gordon says it's not right, Roger. George Pete does say, remember, that the prominent club asked me and I and I refused. So this plea from another club didn't actually work, if that makes sense. Does that change the dynamic of the story for you? Um, not especially. No, I don't think it does. Um, I, I don't think any other club chairman, you know, why would they want Rangers to be helped in any way? Um Rangers were no greater good of Scottish football yeah, winning a, a European trophy, perhaps. Rangers were victims of their own success, if you like. They, you know, they it, it was a season of unparalleled chaos at the end of that season. Rangers mm. having won one domestic cup, they did go on and win the other domestic cup. If you remember, they beat Queen of the South three two in quite an exciting final. But they had to play the final less than forty eight hours after that last league game at Petodre against Aberdeen. They had played St Mirren the previous Monday night at the old Love Street. They had played another league game, I think, a couple of days before that on the Saturday, which was after the Manchester game on the Wednesday night. So they were playing, I think, finished with five games in 11 days mm. at the end of the season. Yep. Um, you think about it, there does feel an unfairness to it. But, you know, I can't imagine club chairman phoning up George Peter, phoning up Lex Golden saying, Les, listen, you know what we should do? We should actually help. Rangers through it, you know. Rangers. Yeah, I know, but that's an extreme, is it not? With the with the the other suggestion, not just be that that no one says anything. That's not Scottish football, Gordon. I can't argue with that. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. David's in Thornley Bank. Hi, David. Hi there. How you doing, gentlemen? Not bad, David. Thanks for getting in touch. What's on your mind? Yeah, uh, well, two two things. First of all, you're asking about Champions League nights and your mm-hmm. memories. Uh, year two thousand, Rangers still grass Ibrox. I was very fortunate to phone in in the morning and win the Radio Clyde uh, phone in uh, for the hospitality I brought that night. Mm. So that was my special yeah, night. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point I really want to phone about is this George Pete um, interview with the BBC. Um, if that is true, and there's no reason to lie about it, then surely there should be some investigation into this because at the end of the day, whoever it was and we'll probably not know unless there's an investigation, whoever it was has tried to corrupt an official. And surely that has legal ramifications. And if so, then surely there should be some legal 
inquiry into it to find out who it was and take action against them. Although it's stretched back a bit late for doing it, attempted corruption of any official is an illegal act. That's, that's my point. I, I'm not sure he was trying to. Whoever this chairman was was trying to corrupt anyone. He's, he's not. He wasn't asking John Speed to be breaking any rules, bending any rules. He was quite the opposite. He was just a, asking George Pete to leave the rules as they to, were, to so le- to speak. To leave the rules as they were and, and and not make any changes, any changes that might benefit Rangers or you know, you know, hamper, hinder. Any other rival clubs um, We don't know Similar phone calls May have been made to Lex Gold At the SPL We've absolutely no idea What actually happened was The opposite Because Lex Gold And the SPL Did extend the season um, Whether or not that was With a design to help Rangers Whether it was because They simply couldn't squeeze All the games into the number of days there were And George Pete Rejected This advice From the, the said Unnamed club chairman not to do anything to, to, to help Rangers So I know the point you're making I don't think Anyone was trying to corrupt anyone else And I certainly don't think More than 10 years on Any investigation into this Could possibly benefit anyone in the Scottish game David? No I, I agree I still think that um, Obviously some uh, teams Some fans have a, have a bad uh, in for Rangers the Winter administration did this did that EPTs etc 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 and whoever they are are all saying oh there has to be transparency sportsmanship and blah 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 well quite clearly somebody from another club had it in for Rangers to try and make sure they didn't win the league that year however it backfired well it backfired on they did extend the legal Rangers didn't win the league the Celtic won it in the last day however there was somebody trying to corrupt an official in my opinion and try and stop things happening What, what about Roger uh, Because David obviously We know we've got intense rivalry In this part of the world And, and perhaps that uh, Clouds people's judgement at times What about Roger's earlier point That of course Other clubs Rival clubs Wouldn't want to help Rangers Well if they, if they look at the bigger picture And if they've got a semblance of intelligence They would see the bigger picture That helping Rangers or Celtic mm-hmm. would, have helped, would have helped the coefficient Which perhaps Going back then might have had the coefficient up slightly higher than it is, whereby if it was Celtic or Rangers, Aberdeen, Hearts or Hibs in Europe, then the coefficient's higher, we get more teams in Europe and perhaps Celtic wouldn't have had... You know, I'll tell that, you David, that, that, that's, that's a good point you, you make. I'll that seems fair to me, Roger, well, but listen, I'm not take, really involved take, in that take, rivalry. Take George Pete and his allegations out of the equation for a minute. I, I tend to think the basic point you make is right, because any Scottish club going into Europe, for me... Should be assisted in any way possible um, you, you hear of FAs on, on the continent who If their prominent clubs are playing big European games on a Tuesday Quite often in the past they'll let them postpone their league game the previous Saturday Sort of get a week or so to prepare for it um, And they'll do anything they can to help their clubs The end game being exactly what you say Their clubs do better in Europe The coefficient goes up Maybe more clubs get into Europe But at no stage ever do you see the SFA or more pertinently now the SPFL do that. More often than not in recent seasons when, when Celtic have been playing big Champions League games, they're either in Dingwall the Saturday before or they're in Inverness the Saturday after in the last few seasons. So the fixture list never seems to be very kind to the teams participating in Europe. I, I take your point. I think the league and the, the FA here should do more to help the clubs that are in Europe. 
Okay, thank you to David in Thornley Bank. It's 01419511025, the number to get involved on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Um, remember, I'm also asking you for your, your, your favourite Champions League memories. The Champions League group stages start tonight. And by the way, we're just seeing reruns of that oh. Lionel Messi free kick, the first goal of this season's competition. That sound effect that you just heard coming from Gordon DL sums it up. Did you woof? I love the fact the goalkeeper actually tried to die. <laughs> I, I think he's been watching Stevie Mallow. <laughs> yeah, there's a few to be fair coming in on Twitter. Your favourite Champions League memories. Mark Malone says Rangers, Bayern Munich, even though it finished 1 all, Rangers were absolutely brilliant. Me, my dad, and 50,000 other Rangers fans watched Rangers play Bayern off the park. Atmosphere was. Amazing uh, Where's the other one I quite liked it Will said Rod Wallace goal against Parma After Rangers Keeping the ball away from them For three minutes And he says 25,000 passes That sounds like a Gordon <laughs> DL exaggeration <laughs> I must say Beat the pundit With goals in the Scottish sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday Wednesday and Saturday it is time for Beat the Pundit You think the Champions League is a serious competition It's nothing in comparison to this Roger Hanna and Gordon DL both standing by If you want to take them on If tonight is your night Go and pick up the phone 0141 951 1025 uh, You only have until the news at 7 o'clock So you have to be quick to play tonight's Beat the Pundit Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal injury solicitors Get the result you deserve Talk to Thompsons.com Roger Hanna and Gordon DL Here with me Gordon Duncan And tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We'd love for you to join us So if you fancy it 01419511025 We're also on Twitter At Clyde SSB We're building up to big games For Rangers and Celtic In the Europa League On Thursday night We've been asking for your uh, Champions League memories Since the group stages Get underway this evening So we'll take as many of them As you want After we do this with goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Time for beat the pundit Roger Hanna won 6-5 last week, the closest he's come to yes, losing in years. But he got over the line, let's see how they're going to fare tonight. They're going to be taking on Ross from Castle Milk. Good evening Ross. How you doing? How are you tonight? Alright? I'm alright thanks Good man That noise you can hear Is Gordon DL Thrashing around in the corner Moving his mic Explain I get, yourself I get excited at this time In case it's it's me It's on beat the point Right okay Well we'll toss the coin And we'll find out If you could just stay still please And save that noise Coming through the headphones Heads it's Roger Tails mm. It is you Gordon DL and it is indeed Tails Gordon DL Up against brilliant. Ross Oh brilliant <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thanks very much Ross uh, That's five points to Ross On Beat the Pundit yeah. Before he even starts Right let's give you some Clyde 2 To make sure that you don't know What Ross is saying The last thing we need Is for you to cheat Because you would Let's be honest And he can't even hear me say that Ross So he can't disagree uh, You've got 30 seconds Remember you can pass Here's your chance to beat the Pundit Ross you ready? Which side is currently bottom of the Scottish Premiership? Dundee At which stadium do Inter Milan play their home games? San Siro Which former manager has been appointed technical director of St Mirren? Who finished runners-up in last season's Europa League? Aye. Which Hearts defender made his Scotland senior debut this month? John Shooter. Who did Barcelona face tonight in the Champions League? PSV And which country won Euro 2004? Uh, Steven Gerrard Sorry I've started So I'll finish as they say Steven Gerrard played for which club After leaving Liverpool Quick LA Galaxy Okay 
You knew that one didn't you Question 7 And you know you gave me the wrong answer Right let's uh, bring Gordon Deal back Don't give it away Ross uh, We've got a goal by the way Inter nil Tottenham 1 Christian Eriksen Has scored in that one If you're keeping a, an eye on it Right Gordon Deal, you ready Same set of questions to you Yeah go for it Okay let's get the clock up and running which side is currently bottom of the Scottish Premiership? Dundee At which stadium do Inter Milan play their home games? San Siro Which former manager has been appointed technical director at St Mirren? Gus McPherson Who finished runners-up in last season's Europa League? Marseille Which Hearts defender made his Scotland senior debut this month? John Suter Who did Barcelona face tonight in the I'm Champions League? I have no clue, they're 1-1-0 Messi Okay uh, Which country won Euro 2004? Spain And Stephen Gerrard <laughs> Stephen Gerrard played for Which club after leaving Liverpool? Oh the American one uh, um, Hurry up I can't <laughs> Hurry MLS up. <laughs> no, That's what you said last week I, know, I can't, I can't you, remember okay. Watching I had no idea It was going so well Yeah he started oh, well I hate these He just panics so much doesn't he Right anyway uh, Ross you've heard Gordon's attempt I know you were a bit frustrated at your own efforts Do you think you've done enough? I think I've just done enough oh, I think you God. might be right Let's go through them Which side currently bottom Of the Scottish Premiership Dundee Won all Second question At which stadium Do Inter Milan play their home games San Siro I would have accepted The other name Roger Which is Did you say me answer Yeah They both said San Siro So I'm happy with that Two all Gus McPherson Technical director At St Mirren By the way Saints fans Get in touch Let us know what you think uh, Three all Who finished runners up In last season's Europa League Um no offence, I can't believe you got that Well done It was Marseille I'm in the lead You're in the lead right, Forget the question uh, I cannot believe that um, Which Hearts defender made his Scotland debut this month? It was John Souter You both got it So Gordon, you've got five out of five so far I've got five Five out of five and Ross has got four And Ross struck back straight away uh, We literally watched Lionel Messi's free kick about three minutes ago I know, I can't remember who they're It's playing. PSV Eindhoven Sorry. So that's the equaliser oh, watching it The equaliser for Ross <laughs> On to question 7 Which country won Euro 2004? Ross said Portugal And then he screamed Which I guess means he knows it's not right It was in uh, fact Greece Greece, remember that? Ah, oh, they won the Eurovision as well Did they? Yeah. I'll take your word for that uh, Portugal lost in the final I think Ross, didn't they? Is that where you're getting that from? Uh, ah, so well the, the tournament was in Portugal I'm sure um, And they put England out But then Greece managed to somehow yeah. win it Aye, so don't, don't, don't tell me I've been beat with the last question So it all basically all comes down to the last ah, question Because it's tied No listen you don't know if Ross got it right yet Yeah he did I can see it in your face <laughs> Stephen Gerrard played for which club After leaving Liverpool I still don't know It's LA Galaxy How Sorry, can you not know that Honestly well done Ross The sign ball is on its way You've pipped him on the last question Brilliant Thanks, Good guys. man Great effort Ross From Castle Milk oh, I thought, you should I thought be no balls left here when you were on I was going with a steamroller I was going with a steamroller there I was in I'll top tell form. you something the, the, the man who is now known as QOS Will now be knowing you as MLS Ellie yeah. oh, Gal, that's an easy I, one I know, I just You know what like is it Sometimes you get nervous on the radio Yeah, yeah, okay Right, 0141 Join us on the line If you'd rather tweet uh, Then we are at Clyde SSB Let me take a quick look at the old Twitter See if there's anything else on the the Champions League memories front Doesn't look like it At the moment Oh we do Actually Kevin McPhail says Me and Big Paul Were a game against Benfica um, 
I'm, I'm, I'm just reading this out And making sure there's nothing dodgy And it's Celtic 2-0 McGeady got one I got hit with a cheeseburger wrapper For tanning wine in front of the stewards He says Great, great memories yeah. Listen, you, you, you can whack nostalgia There's nothing like it And it's great to hear all these old stories That, you know, people get nostalgic About the Champions League I was I was never a great one for, you know For cabaret or anything But I know Daz gets nostalgic for the cabaret And is, is a way to see an old hero of his In a couple of weeks' time Joe Longthorn so anyone just any memories of Joe or they've seen him before? Friday, Friday night is it this Friday? Yeah, I'm oh. looking forward to. It. I have got no ah. idea who Joe Longthorn well, is. Should I? I've googled and shown you photographs of the great man. Is that, is that an age thing or am I'm, I being? Honestly, I don't think I've ever seen Daz as excited. Brilliant! Is He's that your big night out this again. weekend? Yeah. All right, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but well done on the nostalgia. Nothing says Champions League nostalgia like getting hit with a cheeseburger wrapper for tanning wine in front of the stewards, Kevin and Paul. I don't know. I wasn't the same steward we had on earlier on. Uh, I can't. I can't <laughs> well, he wasn't watching, was he? He was watching the game. I can't condone that type of behaviour, but it is quite funny anyway. Right. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's hear a bit from Scotland assistant James McFadden. He thinks Stephen Naismith's form can only be a good thing. For Lee Griffiths That's despite the Celtic striker Sitting out of the win Against Albania Alex McLeish said After the game It would be hard To say Naismith Wouldn't be the number one Striker against Israel But McFadden says There's plenty of opportunity For Griffiths To work his way back in Yeah it's a, it's a great thing You want competition I want guys That, that are unhappy Not to be playing And, and that's that's right I think the, the manager's comments Were maybe taken A bit out of context It didn't mean That Stephen Naismith Was going to be The number one striker And, and that was it Case closed it meant that from his performances, the way he trained, that he was in pole position to hang on to the jersey, and, and quite rightly so. I would have given him the other goal as well and, and made it two goals. But we want we want Lee Griffiths and, and guys at all like Burnley coming back in. We want them to be disappointed. We want them to take up the challenge it, because the, there's places there for everyone. We don't have a settled squad. It was a fantastic start to the Nations League, but we want the best players playing. And it, it is a challenge for Lee Griffiths. He has the same similar type challenge at club level and he'll have to face that he'll have to fight the battle to, to get in the team both at Celtic and for Scotland but that's what we want if he's unhappy great if he comes with the attitude that he wants to come and show that he should be in the team even better uh, so Lee Griffiths does he get to lead the line for Celtic this week or is it going to be odds on Edward again it'll be odds on Edward for me um, for all of the chat that surrounded this in the last few days um, sparked a week past last night by Alan McLeish's decision to omit Lee Griffiths Lee Griffiths has scored three goals since January. No offence to the teams I'm about to mention. One against Partick Thistle, one against Hamilton Ackies, and one against Suduva. Stephen Naismith thinks scored nine goals in the last two months. So if you're going on form, Alan McLeish has made the right decision and has picked the right man. And as James McFadden says, you know, it's great if Lee Griffiths isn't happy, but it's now up to Lee Griffiths to rediscover the form that got him into the Scotland team in the first place because... You can only live off the two free kicks against England for so long. Uh, Mark Wilson and I are convinced that you've changed your tune on this Gordon deal. On what? Uh, the, uh, as to who should be the, t- the number one striker at Celtic between Odson Edward and Lee Griffiths. We are pretty sure that last Thursday you said Odson Edward, and at the weekend you changed your mind to Lee Griffiths. Have you got a copy? Of, you've got a cut there. I don't. Yeah, I, I'll yeah, find yeah, it. Yeah, I don't yeah. act, yeah, no, I actually have. don't. I promise what, you. I don't. What I really said was that Lee Griffiths has to play for me, Gordon. I know he signed a new contract. He's been playing second fiddle for you know a few seasons now since Brendan Rodgers came in. He had that fantastic season. He scored forty goals. I like great Ellie Griffiths. I think he's got good movement. He's improved as a player, but he's got to play. And now he's got another challenge. And Rodgers, right? He's he's put all the facts out there. It's up to Lee Griffiths, but he's one of these boys that he he, he likes the challenge. 
you know, if you look at, at Celtic when he was sitting in the bench, every time he got a, an opportunity to play, he put the ball in the back of the net and a lot of fans were divided about Griffiths should be the number one striker, but Brendan Rodgers, the main man, decided Dembele was the number one striker and I do agree with that. So he's now got the challenge at Celtic and he's now got a challenge at Scotland. So the best way to react is go out there when you got the opportunity and do what you do best. Put the ball in the yeah, back end. He's, he's going to need to have to rediscover the form that got him in those teams in the mm-hmm. first place. And You know, it just hasn't been seen. And it was a surprise that Alan McLeish left him out. But when we look back on it with the benefit of hindsight, maybe it shouldn't really have been a surprise because Naismith has been the man in form. Griffiths hasn't been the man in form. He hasn't been getting selected at club level. And as you've said in the show before... Does Brendan Rodgers sees him from a Monday to Friday? He's you know he makes the calls on who gets into the team for the big games, and I don't think anyone was surprised. That, you know the biggest game of all, the game against Rangers the other week, when Edward was shoved straight back into the team. It's not like Lee Griffiths is. He's clearly not overly upset by this. He just signed a new four-year deal or whatever it is. So I mean, he's he's clearly quite content to battle yeah, well, out. I think I think he loves playing with Celtic, Gordon. It's it's a massive club. But I think he likes the manager. I think he's got a good relationship. My only point was that he's getting to his career now. That as a player, there's nothing more frustrating than. Training all week And then sitting on the bench Especially when you know You're capable of scoring goals You love scoring goals You watch him He loves it And I just think that He's got to really rise To his challenge now If he's going to stay at Celtic He has got to declare himself As the number one striker Sitting being a A, a bench player For another season mm. I don't think it's any good to I, I, A guy with the talent Of Lee Griffiths and, So I'm being complimentary of him And, and it's the old song I like Lee Griffiths When he's on form He's terrific He's, he's Virtually unplayable when he's on form And it goes back to the old one that Class's permanent form is temporary But he's been out of form For a little period of time now And he needs to rediscover the form uh, At Clyde SSB um, There's a few referring back to beat the pundit Paul Dormer says Good job you haven't got the woman who does the stadium tour Of the mm. Giuseppe Miazza on Because she was raging when I called it the San Siro And she got me told And Wes says Is it not the San Siro when AC are at home And the Giuseppe Miazza when Inter are at home I think Wes is right I think that's what they call it But we're, we're, we're generous here On Beat the Pundit mm. So we accepted take a, San Siro take, take a point off the both of us I'll keep everybody happy And I'll you still, still get beat Exactly There we go No Five problem four. at all LA Galaxy I'll never eat an R Galaxy As long as I live Oh I'm sure you will <laughs> 01419511025 Craig is in Blantyre Hi Craig How you doing guys You alright Gordon Alright panel Yes all right. good Craig What's on your mind tonight then um, it's just uh, about the um, the George Pete interview yesterday uh, with our national broadcaster, mm-hmm. um, which which is a bit disappointing because it went kind of virtually unchallenged, and uh, Mister Pete was was more or less given a, a platform to put across his opinion and and not to to, to uh, counter argument any uh, and challenge on on the points he was making. So that was pretty disappointing, as I said, from our national broadcaster. But um, I say that's not your issue, and that's not what I'm phoning in really about. It's um, I find it uh, quite a, a, a bewildering why George Peake was uh, more or less iterated that his biggest disappointment was the fact that a chairman of, of an unnamed club was was asking just simply not to show any favouritism towards Rangers, um, especially when Rangers were of, of their own downfall, uh, um, considering they they rescheduled the the, the Gretna game, which compounded the, the, the matters. As I said, I think it's disappointing that during that time of George Pete's tenure, you had um, the, the field registrations of Rangers that went unnoticed. 
um, our national team failed to qualify for any major tournament. And and not not to mention the referee scandal when they went on strike. Um, for to, to bypass all of those main points to, to focus on simply the, the, this conversation between a, a, a chairman of a, another club, I thought was was quite baffling. Well, Roger Hanna. It's hard for us to sort of speak on behalf of George Pete in terms of why he thinks that was his standout disappointment. What do you make of Craig's take on it? Yeah, well, I was certainly quite surprised he said that was his biggest disappointment yeah. because you would think as president of the Scottish Football Association, if you're there for four years, your two biggest disappointments would be the failure to qualify for the two major finals while you were president of the association. Um, it, it was a, it wasn't a strange interview. I felt it was slightly unusual that it seemed to me that George Pete brought this incident up rather than being, you know, probed upon it. It was almost volunteered by George Pete, this phone call from an unnamed chairman of what he described as a prominent club. It's almost as if he's been waiting for the last seven years to get this off his chest. Um, it's great chat for us in the media. Likes of Craig, David before him, phoning up. Fills the hours for us We can chat about it all day long Fills column inches for me at the sun I'm not really sure it's done You know, the, the people who have come after him at the SFA Any favours um, I don't think it's done The people who were in charge of the SPL Any favours to, to open this up again One of the callers earlier on Was looking for some variety of inquiry Or investigation into it Please no I don't want any of that I don't think it does anybody any favours um, and good story though it is I hope it goes away as quickly as it came uh, Thanks to Craig and Blantyre It's 01419511025 St Mirren fans I'm quite keen to hear from you On the appointment of your former manager Gus McPherson Back at the club If you were listening to tonight's Beat the Pundit You would know this well done, As man. Gordon Diel His job title you got it right uh, and beat the pundit uh, Yes um, Technical he's director di- yeah, He's yeah. not director anyway, of football Anyway, St Mirren fans Give us a call I want to know your thoughts Is that going to be Something you see working well The relationship between Gus McPherson And Oren Kearney Or not 01419511025 In the meantime though If like Gordon DL You're into your golf You're fond of uh, Swinging the club Then you need to get involved In our annual Cash for Kids Golf Day Next month at Glen Eagles It's going to be played on the Queen's course On the 11th of October It includes breakfast A goodie bag A two course dinner afterwards And of course some great prizes On offer too Gordon DL and Mark Wilson Will be part of the Clyde One Super Scoreboard team I'll be there if I've not snapped the golf clubs And thrown them in the bin mm. Out of frustration Which uh, will happen Before then um, But if you fancy it And you want info on how to book Head over to Clyde1.com Forward slash golf The full time teaser's coming up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. It's Gordon DL and Roger Hanna who join me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Uh, you can give us a call. You can tweet us at Clyde SSB. Uh, you'll like this one, Gordon. I hope I can find it actually because I, I put the question out. I had never heard of your man. What is it, Joel? Longthorn. Yeah, uh, Fuzzy says I was in hospital years ago And Joe Longthorn's manager Was in the bed next to me He got his PR worker To bring fish suppers Up the fire escape For everyone in the ward Thanks to Gordon For bringing that memory back yeah. Nothing to do with football Nothing to do with Anything really But it just shows you Our listeners There's memories on everything Exactly I like exactly. that And uh, I'm Joe, Joe would have had tonight. a big part In the fish suppers Let yeah, me tell I'm you sure. probably bought them yeah, I hope you enjoy your night I think that's, that's probably The last we should say about this Because I've actually I've, No idea I've, what's going I've on I think it's still available <laughs> Sold out Sold out Lanark Fantastic Right okay I, I think 
The less you know about Gordon Deal's social life The better That tends to be the rule that we go on Roger Hanna Because there are a few stories in there that Really They're the best Best kept unsaid I think So let's go Let's just Let's move swiftly on to the full time teaser Uh, That's the, The same time Every night we get this up and running One of you guys sends a question to us And we try and test out the pundits So Dylan Has been in touch Dylan Patton has sent in this question It's quite a good one In fact it's a very good one are you listening? Because you never listen. I'm in. I'm in. You sure? Oh, you yeah. tuned in? You're late, Galaxy. <clears throat> Since the beginning of the 04 05 season. Yeah. So, what to do is write that bit down. 04 05. Yeah. yeah. Following me so far. Yeah. 12 non Scots. Yeah. Have scored against Celtic. Uh-huh. And have also been a Celtic player. Scott McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mushroom. I knew we'd come in handy. So since the beginning of the 0405 season 12 non-Scots have scored against Celtic And have been a Celtic player At another point in their career So Scott McDonald for instance Scored against Celtic for Motherwell, Motherwell. Yes and has been a Celtic player So yeah, yeah Scott McDonald Roger Hanna Any from you? Hey, now I'm again Yes oh, Aberdeen fine I mean some of these are quite easy There's a few tricky ones in there hey, Anthony Stokes Yep Keep it going Roger I'm with you Mm-hmm. Uh, Willow Flood's not one eh? Willow Flood is not one You're right Even those the wrong answers That's how good Roger Hanna is mm. oh, I'll take one more guess each um. So since the 0405 season 12 non-Scots have scored against Celtic And at another point in their career Have also been a Celtic player Oh Scott Brown No Oh Gordon DL, one more guess from you and I'll move on, please, quickly. Scott Brown? Yeah, for him. Hurry up. One more guess from you. Oh, no, I'm struggling. Struggling? Okay. It's the Mirren fans, 0141-951-1025. Gus McPherson is your new technical director. It was announced today, former manager, of course, back at the club in a slightly different role this time. So, St Mirren fans, what do you make of that appointment? 0141-951-1025. Let's get back to the... Phones. Uh, do you know? I'll just be completely honest and hold my hands up, Roger. The screen's broken, and I don't know this caller's name. I'm now being reliably informed it's Ian and Motherwell. Hi, Ian. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not bad, Ian. What's your your point tonight? Can I have a guess at the full time teaser first? Yeah, no, go for it. No, do not yeah, help. Yeah. No, I've, I've, we've only got three no. nine. <laughs> see, see, see if this is see if this is Ian from Motherwell because you're Gordon DL's neighbour or something, and he's arranged for you to phone in. I will not be happy. Crack on, no, Ian. You can whisper no, it to no. me later. I think there's a few Motherwell players in it though Anyway mm. um, my, point, my, point, my point was It seems that um, McLeish seems to be getting Quite a bit of credit For picking Naismith Although Naismith was only Selected after Was it McBurney that dropped out? So he yes. wasn't actually In the squad originally I, I was just I, I, I would have put him in the squad But I just wanted to Parrell's thoughts on Why McLeish never picked him In the first place it's, it's a, I guess it's a fair question Roger uh, yeah, listen, it's a more than fair question um, Why he wasn't in the team Because his form has been good um, He got in through the back door, if you like When Ollie McBurney and Mark Phillips pulled out um, He'll definitely um, Injuries permitting Being the squad for the game against Israel And then the subsequent friendly against Portugal I would imagine he would be in the team Where I think Alec McLeish did make a mistake though Is by pronouncing straight after the Albania game That Naismith would be starting the game against Israel Because what happens if there is an injury to Stephen Naismith And Alan McLeish then has to go back to Lee Griffiths 
or someone else to say, oh, um, listen, I know I said that, but actually, can you play centre forward for me, please? Uh, are you, I don't think that's a bad thing. Are you, not, hold on, are you not buying James McFadden's take on it that the, the, the comment was taken slightly out of context? No. Okay, just checking. Well, you're guaranteed that if Naismith's fit, he's going to play because he deserves to play. Well, how, but how do you but, know? You got a crystal ball. No, he, what well, if he doesn't deserve it by then. But but he will he'll play because Alec McLeish has already come out and stated. I know what uh, McFadden said, but he's already really stated if he's fit, he's going to play. But Roger touched on well, if he's injured, you need to go back to someone like Ray, Lee Griffiths. That's just football. You've got to stand up. And Lee Griffiths has been brilliant and said, right, okay, I've had this before. Uh, people have challenged me. I'll come out and prove them. Uh, wrong I'll score goals That is great For a manager to hear Because you want Your players saying that You don't want them Going to huff He's not done that He's decided No I'm quite happy To turn around And prove he's all wrong At the end of the day I will be the number one striker I think that's great For the squad And I think it's great For a manager And all of a sudden Roger The, the full thing Will take on a different Complexion hopefully Because When this squad was announced People are saying Pff. Lee Griffiths is the only real option. He's only he's the only real you know only striker that we've got. And all of a sudden, Oliver McBurney drops out injured, and it makes the situation even worse. Fast forward to the next squad. Oliver McBurney will hopefully come back in. Lee Griffiths will still be there, and all of a sudden, we've got an informed Stephen Naismith who scored on his previous game for Scotland. Yeah. Things will look a bit better. Mark Phillips was back in scoring form at the weekend for West Bromwich Albion as well. Tony Watt is pushing very hard at St Johnson to get back into the Scotland squad. So as you say, all of a sudden there are a few. Striking options there for Alec McLeish Hopefully they all stay fit Because I think we might need them In Israel And it's a, it's a winnable game But to win games you need to score goals You want to come back in Ian? Uh, yeah I just um, I, I watched uh, Naismith against Mill on Saturday And he was brilliant See with the younger players He was telling them what to do Even the guys that, that, that came from abroad That probably don't speak too much English And he was he was instructing everybody You know so I just Wondering is there a room for him and a striker? If he plays in a number ten role, is there room for him and an out and out striker as well in the, in the team? Because I think there's only thirty one these Smith as well. So why he was missing out the squad in the first place is going to be on me, you know. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there are room for both of them. Um, I think that Rogers touched on it earlier. Lee Griffiths needs to start really getting back into the Celtic team, start scoring goals, and deserve get back into the form. That um, got him so much praise And he's certainly got the talent And uh, I think it's brilliant that if you're a manager You've got the availability of Naismith and Griffiths Because I definitely do think you can fit them in Because Naismith is now a more experienced player He's very clever He can play in different positions And he's informed just now What about your own team Ian? Are you waiting nervously to find out the full extent of this injury To your goalkeeper Trevor Carson? Uh, well I've had it um... My boy's quite close to the mother and my father and good at thought he's broke his ankle so um, I, I think he's going to be out for a bit. You know, an exclusive. But thing. Is, but I, thought, I thought Gillespie came out and played really well as well so. Yeah, I mean, Roger... I don't think it's any great secret I think most people at Motherwell Probably expected Trevor Carson To leave Such as the impact that he had You know he's been so good So yeah. if, if Ian's exclusive On the show tonight Turns out to be correct Then it's a blow Whatever way you look at it Yeah and if it, listen If it's right I think I'll speak for us all When I say We wish him well We wish him a speedy And full recovery It did look a sore win Saw the pictures on his, his social media At the weekend um, But Mark Gillespie He arrived at the club In the summer With a decent pedigree Recent CV a very difficult job he gave himself to try and oust Trevor Carlson from the team. Um, circumstances have now put Trevor Carlson out of the team, and it's up to Mark Gillespie to mm. go in. I thought he showed up quite well when he came on at the weekend. 
And if Ian's correct And Trevor's out For, for a few weeks Then it'll give Mark Gillespie A chance to, to show them Other supporters And I'm looking at Two of them here mm. What you can do Thanks to Ian In Ian Motherwell here. It's 0141951025 To join in tonight um, I'm just thinking By the way we let Roger Hanna off with an absolute howler there, didn't I know, we? I, I, can't, I can't believe that. Yeah. That's why I say so. I, I was multitasking. I mean, Scott Brown, Ma- Mark, Mark, Mark Mushroom. I, I genuinely went to call I, him I, there. I've misheard the question. I've got a whole don't, long don't, list of Scottish don't players. Don't even start me. Mark Wilson became an internet sensation because he couldn't understand <laughs> the question when I said Scottish players. And Roger Hanna, the fountain of knowledge in Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Has just referred to Scott Brown ah, okay. As one of the answers to ah, the question he, Which says non-Scots He's, he's, he's half uh, American, yep. Canadian, Australian MLS what about QOS Yeah, I've got one for you Go for it I watched him so I'll, I'll just da- remind Darnody. Let me read the question So that we can please iron out any well, read, issues here Well, read the question carefully Because I think I've got an answer No, you need to listen, Roger Listen to the question Since the beginning of the 04-05 season uh-huh. 12 non-Scots, oh, non-Scots. Scott right. Brown yeah. Have scored Not against non-Scots. Celtic Okay And at another point in their career Have also been a Celtic player Don't give me Lucas Zaluska Because he scored in the penalty shootout, didn't he? Darn a D, what about him? Uh, Darn a D Must No why, why I was asking for the question to be read out to me mm-hmm. The end of the question is And also being a Celtic player Correct Which doesn't actually mean they have taken to the pitch for Celtic Correct Yusuf Malumbu Correct Well done See, oh, always worded very carefully Yes, Roger Can I give you Johnny Hayes? You I've can. got him Don't steal my thunder Right, go on, Gordon What have you got for Johnny us? Johnny Hayes Apart from him uh, I didn't, I had darn the Johnny Hayes I can't believe he's taken us to the sixth answer Me either Henrik Larson yeah. Shame on you Right, Henrik Larson, Niall McGinn, Anthony Stokes Scott McDonald, Johnny Hayes Yusuf Malumbu Just some of the 12 non-Scots Who've scored against Celtic And been a Celtic player since 0405, we'll keep that teaser ticking along. St. Mirren fans, come on, where are you? I asked for your opinions on Gus McPherson in to be the new technical director at St. Mirren. Uh, it was announced today, Roger, which of course means he, he leaves his post as Queen's Park manager to return to the club he managed between 2003 and 2010. Clearly means a bit of a new structure for St. Mirren following the, the, the removal of Alan Stubbs and the introduction of Oren Kearney. What do you make of it? Well, I think it's a sensible move. I have to say, I like Gus. Um, he had a fantastic spell in charge of St Mirren. They won the old First Division. They won the Challenge Cup. They reached the League Cup final. They brought through several young players. Um, he did very, very well for the football club at the time. And at a time now when they have effectively a recently appointed chairman, he's not been here that long, Gordon Scott. Tony Fitzpatrick hasn't been back at the club long as managing director. Oren Kearney's only been in as a, for a week as manager I think it's a very wise move To put somebody in there With experience of the club Experience of the league And experience of the Scottish game in general It's been a dreadful week for Queen's Park Just a few days ago You know, we learned that They're going to be ousted from Hamden Their historic home And now they've left They've lost a guy who's been manager for the last four and a half years And has done a terrific job for them uh, Gordon Smith's on Twitter He says he'll be sorely missed at Queen's Gordon Scott talking on the club's official website The St Mirren chairman saying um, 
you know, basically that they they wanted to to look at the structure and decided we want to have someone with the foot within the football department who will be a constant presence going forward. That's it in a nutshell, Gordon. That's how technical mm-hmm. directors or directors of football work. It's very common on the continent. We tend to be a little bit suspicious of it here, but but that's the idea. It's about continuity, so th- that when managers come and go, you've got that. That I consistency. Th- I think under the circumstances, Gordon, it's a good appointment. Uh, you've got a manager coming in that doesn't really know anything about the Scottish game. Um, it's his first job as a full-time manager. And Gus is well-known around the Scottish scene. He's been a very experienced manager um, and successful manager. And um, I think Gus will be a terrific help for him. Gus knows St Mirren inside out. Um, played a big part in the club. So I think it's uh, I think it's a good piece of business, and mm. hopefully, uh, you can't you can't always look and think it's going to work. But I think that uh, St. Man hope it works, and if it works, I think it'll be successful. A good piece of business, says Gordon DL. Did you just say if it works, it'll be successful? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I love I love that insight. Well done, uh, James. Do you agree with Gordon DL that it's it looks like a good piece of business? James is on the line. Fantastic piece of business for the club. Delighted to hear the news that Gus Fitzgerald is back. Um, very successful manager. Um, back with us, he had a, a good seven-year period. Won promotion, won a Challenge Cup. Um, really, in the back of what Roger was saying there, the, you know, taking a back him up and what he's saying, he brought up good players. He was fairly successful. I think he knows the club really, really well. He's going to help Oren Kearney. The Scottish knowledge, Oren came out himself and said, here, I don't know too much about your league. I can tell you everything inside out, you know, about the Northern Ireland league. But, Gus, welcome back. Yeah, Roger, I mean, it's... Like Gordon says You can't possibly predict. There's absolutely no way of saying this is guaranteed to be a success. But it just seems like... One that makes sense, doesn't it? Because not only have you got a young and experienced manager, but one that doesn't know the surroundings particularly well. It just makes sense to try and get give the guy help. Yeah, and, and the club, the club's now back in the top flight, and there's an awful lot of work to be done. Um, there's an awful lot of learning for Oren Kearney to do on the job, and I think he will need to focus on the first team along with Brian Rice. Um, they got a very important point against Celtic last Friday night. But they'll lead, you know, they'll need to build on that and to try and pull away from the teams at the bottom. Huge six pointer at Hamilton at the weekend, and Oren Kearney will need to devote himself to that first mm. team. He's brought in Anton Ferdinand. He's looking at bringing in others to add a little bit more experience to the team. And as he's doing that with the first team, in order that the other areas of the football department are not neglected. Scouting, youth development, everything else that you know modern day football entails. I think the addition of Gus McPherson will be as valuable to Oren Kearney as to Gordon Scott and Tony Fitzpatrick. Thanks to James and Paisley. Still time for you to get involved tonight. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Uh, on the teaser Dylan Patton has sent this one in. If you've got a good question, please do send it to us full time at Clyde One dot com. We're looking for 12 non-Scots since the 0405 season who've scored against Celtic and at another point in their career have also been a Celtic player. The likes of Malumbu, Hayes, Stokes, McDonald, Larson and McGinn. I can see Thomas has got a couple. Uh, Danny is on Twitter with a couple as well. Did uh, Joe Ingerberg it? Oh, yeah, that's okay. a great shout, isn't it? Yep, that was one of the tough ones I thought you may miss. But well done, yep, Roger. Well done. Any from you, Gordon? Mm, Centre forward. 
Yeah, there are a couple of centre Brad forwards Brad. on here, yeah. Did he score? Bradback? No. He's not on this list anyway. That's all you need to know. Well, okay. I'll be centre forwards. We need centre forwards. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, t- is it the time that would rule him out, perhaps. The yeah, time frame. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll get the answers next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Roger Hanna and Gordon DL are here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're into the final part of tonight's show, which means these two have got some work to do on Dylan Patton's teaser that he sent into us. If you've got a question, please send it in to full time. At Clyde1.com The question is this Since 0405 12 non-Scots Have scored against Celtic And at another point In their career Have been a Celtic player They're doing quite well I must say They've got Malumbu Hayes Stokes McDonald Larson McGinn And Bergett Any more? Kelly and Sheridan Brilliant That's a great shout I'll, Mm. I'll, I'll hold my hands up The producer came in here At the break And I pointed to Kelly and Sheridan's name And I said They'll never get that one I helped him out with that Roger Hanna just <laughs> threw it back in my face mm-hmm. would, would that have been for Kilmarnock or for I think he, he had a spell at Motherwell as well didn't he scored for, for Kelly when yeah. Kelly won at Celtic Park doesn't matter he's one of the correct answers Kelly and Sheridan come on Gordon you've gone no, awful sure quiet which is, which is rare I've, I've helped him out as far no, as no you've not <laughs> I say it's a Motherwell or Kilmarnock player what you bring into the table Ma- Massimo Donati didn't score against Celtic did he mm, no no, no, Massimo Donati is not one of them. Good shit. Right, you've got one, two, three, four. You've got four still to get, yeah? What? Four? Mm. Yep, you've got four to get. Struggling. Two easy, one quite hard, one very hard. That's that's just my own take on it, I must say. You concentrate on the easy, and I'll go for a very hard. Right, I do want to squeeze in a couple more calls, and we don't have a great deal of time left. So let's quickly hear Derek and Paisley's thoughts on Gus McPherson back to St. Mirren, Derek. I think it's a tremendous appointment. Delighted to see Gus back at the club. What in particular, Derek? Just about, is it about the experience, the, the helping out of, of Oren Kearney? Well, I think obviously Gus, Gus was obviously a, a very successful manager with St Mum. And obviously the structures and put in place with the new board and with, with Tony and um, the chairman and basically everybody's employed with the club. I think uh, this is the missing, the missing link to the armour. Roger? I, yeah. think, um, I think Gus... I think Gus and and Oren Kearney will work very close together, and, and, and it'll be a could be a, a serious major force in Scotland. Oof. Derek's very optimistic. Well, Tony Fitzpatrick was talking about top four, and Oren Kearney was talking about winning the league. So they certainly have ambition to be a serious force. If we're being realistic, success for St Mirren this season is staying up, um, but it looks as if they're serious about putting the right building blocks in place. Oren Kearney had a decent start, no more than that. Decent start point against Celtic's 10 men last Friday night. Um, the team performed better than it had done earlier in the season. So the foundations are beginning to be there for St Mirren. Um, Oren Kearney will take charge of the first team. Gus McPherson will take charge of the football department, if you like. But he will be a valuable sounding board mm. for Oren Kearney. A man whose experience of Scottish football at the minute Extends only to 90 minutes Derek hopefully we'll get the thoughts Of Gus McPherson In the coming days You give us a call back then uh, Once we've heard from him and, and you can get a bit of a longer stint I appreciate I've rushed you off there Because we are running out of time Thanks to Derek In Paisley Let's hear quickly from Charlie and Airdrie Hi Charlie How are you doing alright? Yeah not bad What's on your mind? Do you Any thoughts on James Tavernier? Yeah 
Aye, regarding Tavernier, um, I don't rate him at all, I tell you the truth, even when Wobbington was there. Um, maybe he's improved a wee bit. But the thing is, when does he ever play against Celtic? He's never ever turned up against Celtic. I don't even think he scored a goal against Celtic, not even a penalty. Uh, and uh, he seems to disappear to Celtic games. I think the Celtic uh, have got him under their thumb. I think the Romans take it out. And they make him captain. I'm, I agree with Gordon. I think for the start, they should have made uh, McGregor captain. Uh, the experience that man's got, he could be shouting for the bad, telling people what to do. I don't know what, what kind of captain he is, but I get surprised in my life when he made him captain. So I, I, don't, I, I don't rate him at all, but if, it works out and we get a big, big payout for him. Well, that, that'll be alright, you know, but... Uh, I don't know I don't understand it just, just, just to be fair to, to James Tavernier Charlie If you were judging Rangers players Who've been there In the last couple of seasons On what they've done Against Celtic Then Not many of them Would get past marks Would they? Well, well That's what I mean But see That's like I, I don't want to say duds But I, I, At the beginning of the season I wanted everybody out Right Including Tavernier I wanted everybody out And um, Gerard seems to have Took him on Seems to have Took him I don't know what it's all about uh, seems to think he's the best thing since sliced bread. So, uh, what have I got to say about it? At the end of the day, my opinion is um, he's no good enough uh, for Rangers. And uh, the thing is, as I said, I had a him a long time ago. But Gordon, I did say that James Tavernier tends to divide opinion mm-hmm. somewhat amongst the Rangers fans. The ones we had on earlier were delighted that he signed. Charlie's not, and that sort of proves the point. Yeah, but the most important thing, and Charlie's right, it's, it's all about opinions, Gordon. Uh, if you go and watch, um, you'll see different things in different players, and you'll like different things in different players. Well, do. Um, I think that Tavernier, I was very critical of his defending for a long, long time. Uh, it's improved a little bit. I don't think it's brilliant. But I think going forward, and what he offers to Rangers, and um, when... The start of season come up, you're thinking, right, captain, I do agree with Charlie, you had guys like McGregor there that could have easily stepped in that role with the experience he's got, and I think McGregor will be his best signing. Um, but he's he's working with Tavernier day in, day out. He knows the respect from the rest of the players, and uh, he decided to get, give, give him the captaincy. And I think I think he, he's responded to that responsibility, Gordon. And I think he's been uh, excellent so far this season. Um, going forward, Roger touched on it, 30 goals and, and 150 appearances. He's always in the starting 11. He's very seldom injured as well, which is a good thing. Thank you to Charlie and Airdrie. If you were keeping an eye on that Spurs game, remember I told you they were 1-0 up at Inter Milan. They've lost 2-1, by the way. They conceded a, a very late uh, winner for Inter Milan. Right, on the teaser, you're looking for four more non-Scots since 0405 non-Scots. <laughs> Who've played, scored against Celtic And been a Celtic player as well At another time in their career F.A. Ambrose Yes That's a fantastic I saw him at the shout. weekend Well done F.A. Ambrose Nadia Sifti Yes Oh Murphy Nadia Chief favourite player Mark yeah. Wilson's favourite player He, he yeah. was shouting it so loud in the house I heard them oh, All yeah. the way from Cumbernauld Nadia Chief Chi is indeed I, I think Which... I'm too late David Fernandez. Yes oh, look at this. This, this late run That Roger Hanna has produced Means that you're only one away oh. I think he's got it I no, think I he's just trying no, to do that no, Build no, a bit no, of suspense no, I, I, do, I do like to face. do that But no I'm afraid not No? No Gordon DL Any oh, from you? I have no chance Give us a clue mm. Give you a clue I'm trying to think of one That's sort of an, I don't want to 
Just give it away too easily um, Is it one we should get? I'll name some of his I'll start going through his other clubs Okay mm-hmm. Go Sunderland Hibs Perth Glory Oh is it Liam Miller? It's Liam Miller Oh Well done Score four I must admit I can't remember But it's Liam Miller It's on Dylan's list Don't you worry Thank you to Roger Hanna And Gordon Diel Thank you to you For listening Thanks for calling and tweeting uh, And we can do it all over again tomorrow In the company of Mark Guiri And Jim Duffy Don't go anywhere Because Callum Gallagher Is up next One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com.